what's up everything? The St. Louis Blues are ravaged by injuries, and the Los Angeles Kings are on a winning streak, so the world must be coming to an end. In today's podcast, we'll talk about how hopeless we are about the St. Louis Blues, where the panic meter is at, and whether we should all give up and go home. It's all ahead, so let's get started, and let's go Blues! Podcast. It is Thursday, Jan- Friday, February twenty <laughs> fifth. Last week I got it up immediately and immediately. You it did was the same night. Folks, I was proud of you. Do not expect that again. Maybe tonight. Who knows? You know. I don't know. That's the crazy thing about time. Um, <laughs> we're here, and uh, the blues are not something I want to talk about. No. So let's talk about, I don't know, Start somewhere anything else. else. Um, the, uh, yeah, we are in the middle of a, of a really, really rough time, I would say, to be a Blues fan. I think that's fair. Uh, but we will talk about uh, that at length here in a minute. Why don't we start with some happier news? And that is that people in Canada are also suffering. <laughs> the Montreal Canadiens... Um, have let go of their head coach, Chloe Julien. Uh, this news broke yesterday morning after a 3-2 to two loss to the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Mark Bergevin, who is still ripped and still uh, brilliantly dressed. He looks great. But also now the hair has grown long um, and definitely looks like nine-tenths like a porn star. You know, mm. just he's like a little... Well, no, he's got the facial hair. It just needs I, to be a little grosser. Yeah, he's got to look a little more disheveled. Yeah, um, but on the whole, you know, looking looking great. Um, I, I saw last night a tweet uh, from Eric Engels dated February 3rd, 21. So three weeks ago from yesterday. Hab's off day thought. How many things would have to go incredibly wrong from this point forward for Mark Bergevin to not be unanimously voted GM of the Year, Jim Gregory Award, by his peers? I know, it's early, and anything can happen, but what that bad things would be blamed on him? Well, <laughs> he chose to blame the bad things on Claude Julian, and uh, that's why his head coach was fired. Uh, he said, the effort has always been there. It proves that Chloe has not lost his locker room, but I saw a team that seemed lost. These are things that happen in professional sports. The coaches keep giving instructions, but after a while, the message doesn't get through. Based on what I saw last week and what happened last year, in a shortened season, I made the decision to make a change. Um, I saw, I can't remember if it was, it might have been uh, Sean McAdoo, Down Goes Brown, uh, who made this point on Puck Soup, but I thought it was really compelling. He made the point of like, look, if you're Mark Bergevin right now, and you're looking at a team that's sort out to be one of the best, the top two teams in the Scotia North Division, mm-hmm. and on paper probably is a top two team. In the Scotia North Division, yeah. Oilers may be up there too. Um, Top three for sure. Yeah, but um, 
the point they made was like, you're looking at the shortened season and you're looking at a division where the Maple Leafs, as good as they look right now, are certainly no sure thing in a seven-game series. Um, and nobody else there is necessarily on your level, even if your level isn't all that good. Mm. And he's like, maybe you're looking at this like, well, if I'm ever going to get anything out of the Shea Weber, Carey Price whoever else core that's aging like it has to be this year and so you go ahead and make this move sooner than you would do because you could get to the conference final Mm. just by virtue of being the not worstest team in canada you know (laughs) you don't have the bruins to face like you normally would you don't have Mm -hmm. the lightning you don't have the better the much improved florida panthers anymore you just have this like you said toronto and Edmonton, I guess, depending on the day, it's, to beat. And if you don't make the playoffs in that division as the Canadians, like, it was already going to be a failure if they didn't make the playoffs in a regular season. Uh, this would be, like, a colossal oh failure. Yeah. Bergevin, I would think, would have to be gone. That's what I mean. I feel like this is... I don't know that Bergevin's on the hot seat because I feel like he will. he's on the hot seat one season, then the next season they're like, nope, he's fine. Mm-hmm. And then two seasons later he's right back on. It feels like he's on and off that hot seat all the time and i guess this puts him back on it because it's like okay you got rid of the coach you brought in you've you know promoted from within again and so if this doesn't work out for you are you out the door Mm -hmm. or do you have another funky you know shea weber trade or whatever below you that you can do and that saves your butt again um i'd be interested to see yeah, it's definitely, I mean, there's some things that are interesting about this team composition, composition, but I mean, there's some things that went really right. He's got Tyler Toffoli's leading the team in points, mm. got Tyler Toffoli for a, a COVID steal, probably the biggest COVID steal. Wasn't it like five by five or something? I mean, real cheap. For mm, Tyler I think, un- was it under five? I don't been. know. Uh, Might have been, yeah. But it's it very. Was... it feels very um, David Perron-esque in uh-huh. terms of how little they're paying him for how long and for how much he's producing. Um, And he has 12 goals, five assists, so mm -hmm. he's Cy Younging more than a little bit. Yeah, four by 4.25. Holy crap. Um, Yeah, so, you know, he's been great, although, to granted, I do think like nine of those 12 goals have been against the Canucks. But still, (laughs) got to beat the Canucks, too. This is the same Canadian... Well, I guess it's not the same Canadians team. We made some improvements. But this is the team that last year lost all four of their games or three games to Detroit, right? Yeah. Last year. And so this Detroit. Yeah. Oh God. So this year they've lost three, four games to Ottawa already. Mm -hmm. It's like, man, if you guys could just beat the shitty teams, then yeah, it seems any problems. I mean, I know this is probably prevalent amongst many teams, but obviously we're a blues centric podcast. Uh So this feels like the blues of old where they would really play hard against Chicago and Nashville. Maybe they win, maybe they lose, but then we'd play, uh, whoever was bad back then, we'd play Dallas, Arizona, mm-hmm. and stuff, and we would just get stomped. And it was like, why? Why do you play down to these people? Yeah. I don't. You look at this roster, and somebody I heard the stat yesterday that nobody on this team has ever scored more than sixty-one points in a season, which is okay. If that was like right. forty-five, it'd feel much more pronounced. Mm-hmm. But like. You look at it, and it's a lot of maybes on this team. Nick Suzuki seems to be the real deal, mm-hmm. but he's still very young. Josh Anderson has stayed healthy. That's positive news. Mm-hmm. And has, has 12 points in 18 games. Like, he's fine. But I still can't decide if Josh Anderson is very good or just, like, pretty good, you know? 
pretty good and feisty. And speaking of pretty good and feisty, Brendan Gallagher mm -hmm. is good, and I like him. We both like him a lot, but he's not like a superstar by any means. Um, obviously, Tomas Tatar is still there. Just Barry Kotkaniemi doesn't have a lot of points this season. Philip Deneau, I know you talked about trading him. He mm -hmm. hasn't been traded just a lot of people here, Joel Edmondson is plus 18, weirdly. There's only one person on their team who's minus, and he's minus one, and it's Shea Weber. Uh, but then, you know, you get to the real heart of the issue here, and they're just not getting saves from Carey Price. Uh, he's 5'3-3 three three with an 893 save percentage, a 295 goals against average, and minus 4.5 goals saved above average. This is a goalie who is making $10.5 million for the next six seasons. He just doesn't have it anymore. He's just, it's it's gone. I've, I've made a lot of excuses for Carey Price and said a lot of things about how, well, you know, uh, the team around him isn't good. The team around him is much better than him, mm -hmm. and that's evidenced by the fact that our, our old friend Jake Allen, 4-2-1-1, 9-32 save percentage, 2.14 goals against average, and a 5.2 goals saved above average, which does beg the question, if you're Kozulian, how are you letting Carey Price start four more games than Jake Allen so far? Mm -hmm. you it's... I know you don't. I know you don't want to be the guy that says, "Carrie, sorry, man, mm -hmm. you're not the starter right now." But Claude Julian probably still has a job if he makes that decision. You know, how many more years does he have in his contract? Six. Six. Like Jake that... Allen has three now, I think. Like... Yeah, this year, and then down to two point eight seven five for the next two years. Which, if I'm Jake Allen, right this second, pretty pissed that I signed that deal. <laughs> like, Carey Price is a great goalie overall, but he's an aging goalie. Mm -hmm. And I just can't see him. He might return to average form, but the Carey Price that was just like a world beater, I don't think, like you said, exists anymore. Yeah, um, for sure. And so... This for for the longest time, this team lived and died with them, and it felt like if they improved the team more, they wouldn't have to do that so much. And it seems like that's still the case, mm -hmm. um, which is too bad because, like you said, they went out and they made all these improvements, and he's it feels bad to say, but Carey Price is still like sinking the ship. Yeah, he's the problem here. He's the biggest problem. They've got like an absurdly high expected goals against. Mm -hmm. um, Certainly high expected goals for, I think. Um, and Carey Price has not been making saves. I think it's, it's not much more complicated than that this year. Um, and, yeah, I just... It, it feels like uh, you've got one big problem, you know, on that team, and there's no way of solve, solving it. The Canadians have the highest expected goals for percentage in the league. Oh, in the league! And they just fired their head coach. So that's a goaltending issue for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, they lost six of their last eight. Three of the four of those eight have been to the Senators, I believe. Um, which was the straw that broke the camel back, camel's back and also led to the greatest hockey meme I think I've ever seen with, uh, <laughs> with Godzilla and King Kong being 
the Maple Leafs and Canadians being chased off by Doge uh, <laughs> senators. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dominic Ducharme is the new, which I'm probably butchering, butchering Ducharme. Probably like, yeah, Ducharme. Uh, is a former Halifax Mooseheads in Drummondville, whatever the hell complicated thing Drummondville is called. Are they the like Voltigers? No, that's. No, they're probably like the, the, the Drummondville Drummond. Oh, Viltigers. Hey, go me. I'm very proud of myself. I don't know what that means because it doesn't mean electric tigers, which is what it sounds like it means. Um, But, uh, you know, Um, he's he's the new man. Uh, Ducharme is the new head coach. Alex Burroughs also joins the coaching staff. Old former boys coach Kirk Muller fired. So. Mm Um, and when, and when John Tortorella is fired later this season, so will former boys coach Brad Shaw. <laughs> yeah, it's Carey Price. That's the issue. And I don't know how you deal with that, but I think if you're serious, you got to start Jake Allen a lot more. What, what, yeah. Welcome to the and, blues old problem. Yeah. And <laughs> well, the, the opposite. Right yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how the tables have turned uh, for Jake oh Allen. My, how the cookie crumbles for old Jakey, Jake, Jake. Uh, Dominic Ducharme is 47. Will he have the balls to bench Carey Price? He will not. No, 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 uh, no, 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 he will not. He's a brand new NHL head coach. Um, so that's that. That's that news. Um, They'll be fine. Yeah, for sure. We'll move through some other league news and put off the blues for as long as we can. Uh, Adam Henrique was waived, which was uh, yike, um, not good. Four point seven five million for. Uh, and then three more years at five point eight two five million. Yikes! These are uh, the Ducks, right? Yeah. Okay. Who, who don't even have players? They said um, we'd rather just not have you. Yeah. Now he's on the taxi squad, and I saw a trade rumors piece today, and I'm like, who and why? Wasn't he like leading their team in points last year? Yeah. I mean, I guess if if you do the trade, somebody has to. I guess if you do this tr- trade, then the Ducks could retain salary. Hmm. But it'd have to be like half. I would. Think. I think what we need them. We need bodies. If, Give hey, me Adam Henrique, baby. Maybe if it's like for half price, maybe I do it. I give you Zach Sanford. <laughs> give you Zach Sanford for fucking anything at this point. We'll, we'll talk, talk about, about Zach, Zach Sanford. Yeah. Ooh, that was impressive. We're just, we're in sync today, folks. We'll get better. I promise. <laughs> uh, the Lake Tahoe games. I thought apart from the part where they were a massive failure, mm-hmm. were a, a huge home run to this <laughs> You've separated Which is them. the story of every NHL event. Look uh, how sunny that picture is. Yeah. <laughs> who would have thought? They who could have thought? Never, it never crossed their minds that it might be sunny. Uh, Lake Tahoe's a, a beautiful place, one of the places most uh, certainly on my bucket list of places I want to visit. Um, and I think it's, I think it was amazing. I mean, it was amazing setting. Mm. Some of the shots from that game, uh, from those games, incredible. And, uh, really put a positive spin on hockey. The night game, the fact that they had to play it at night may have been more of a blessing in disguise because the, um, the, uh, rating that they did for Flyers Bruins, right, was the highest ever on NBCSN. Maybe for a regular season game, probably for a regular season mm-hmm. game, but still, 
that while they're negotiating contracts for a new American broadcasting deal is a really big deal. Um, but obviously there was also the, the clusterfuck of having to cancel, delay the Avs Golden Knights game in the middle for nine hours because the sun got out and they didn't have ice anymore. Um, down goes Brown tweeted, kind of tells you all you need to know about how much credibility and goodwill the NHL has built up over the years with its own fan base that, quote, it didn't occur to them that it might get sunny, apparently feels plausible to so many. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what happened there. I guess they just didn't have like the, the, the hyperactive coolant system that they have had to do like games in LA or wherever. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like they've had games in LA and they've worked it out and it has not been in like cool weather there. So I guess that they just didn't have the same, the same technology here. It was a really cool look. I loved, I obviously love like a not having fans is neat because it just feels like a backyard game Mm -hmm. and then just having that backdrop is awesome i found it funny i don't know if it was like uh belmar or somebody about like two or three months ago when they were telling about the lake tahoe game and he was like yeah i can't wait to be on the lake Mm -hmm. and someone had to break to him that it was not going to be on the (laughs) lake and he looked it was a great clip if you can find it because he looks so sad like when he hears it like alive he's like oh no um, I would love for them, and I think this has been talked about a lot on other hockey podcasts too, for them to find a way to do these sort of destination yeah. games, even if you could have fans there, but limit it to like a thousand or 500 or something. I think that'd be really cool. Um, I actually like Jeff Merrick's idea where they could just market as like hockey is everywhere. And it's uh-huh. like, Hey, we'll put it on Lake Louise next time, you know, up in Canada Central to be fun. Park, yeah. Yeah. That'd be super cool. Like just. Um, you can do it because it's a, you have a lot of different. You could do um, it on the you know in or around the pier in Lake Michigan and Chicago somewhere near there where they do Lollapalooza or whatever the hell that's mm. called, Lincoln Park. No, that's something. Um, yeah, um, something like that. Something down there. But yeah, there's like enough cold weather environments that you could start doing it there before you have to branch out and being like, hey, we're doing an Ecuador, everybody. Mm. Um, but it'd <laughs> yeah, be neat. Ecuador it's, would probably be far down the list. <laughs> but it's a fun, it's fun and it gives the outdoor games a different feel from the same old stadiums. Like we're in Gillette Stadium again and you're like, yay. Mm. I don't really see the difference when I'm watching it. So It, it was Lincoln Park. Yeah. And now I've got Chester Bennington stuck in my head. Um but, uh, yeah, I think it's a huge win for them. I think this is one more step towards the ultimate goal of hockey in space. Yeah. <laughs> Elon will be yeah. all over. Play it on Mars. There's ice there. They found right. it. That's Come on, right. man. That little patch. Come on, Gary. <laughs> Come on. Don't be a pussy. Uh... Come on. Put <laughs> hockey on Mars. Which, uh, which teams would you be willing to send to space for Arizona. Uh, Arizona right away. Arizona, no question. And then I think I think you... Uh, you got to get an, an East Coast team to balance it out. <laughs> um, uh, I would love if this was like their way of like valuing the East Coast so much. You're like, no, not this time. I don't think so. Carolina. I yeah. Like, right? Because they're Arizona, like good, Carolina. but not, you know? Um, and then the Carolinians can just stay and colonize Mars, you know? Because uh, Radko Gudis and Michael Neuvert's sister. Wait, and Michael Neuvert isn't there anymore because he's not anywhere. Because mm. he's bounced out. Maybe he's on Mars. Maybe. Maybe he was from Mars to begin with. 
We've put it off long enough. Um, but yeah, I agree. I agree. Let's put it off longer. I agree that that would be. They should find ways to do that more. It's cool. It's really cool to have the games and in the stadiums and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that just doesn't feel like as whimsical as this does. Mm-hmm. And it's you're you're the only game that's played on ice, right? Um, and the only game really that embraces winter, mm-hmm. you know, basketball is a winter sport and, and football is too, but they're not like winterized. Mm-hmm. So make the most out of it. Have a freaking meal with it, you know, <laughs> and, and do some things that make you stand out. Uh, it's only going to help. Now, the St. Louis Blues. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, those are going to be painful, folks. Um, not as painful as the players are actually experiencing. Uh, we talked, I want to say, a fair amount about Pareko's injury last time, but now it has been located yeah, on his back, his back, which uh, arguably, I guess, assuming we believe the reports, quells the kind of lingering COVID symptoms mm-hmm. uh, rumors. But um, it also seems like a longer-term thing still. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know much but i just i just kind of i'm not planning on colton pareko being back anytime soon yeah the fact that they haven't thrown any timetable on it at all and they've kind of almost stepped backward and said oh well we were playing him as you saw like every game but he wasn't practicing and they were like and that wasn't really helping i was like yeah no shit um but he doesn't need surgery on anything, which is good, but it makes it feel very just nebulous and like, uh... Back injuries can be weird that way. Yeah. Um, and that can be pretty difficult. Uh, Ivan Barbashev, that was an ankle, right? Yeah, so he got surgery. sympathetic yeah. to him. I know how that goes. Broken ankle, I guess. I guess if you got surgery yeah. that fast, probably. He twisted it really yeah. good. They had to twist it back. <laughs> With scissors and knives. <laughs> Uh, he's out six weeks, four to six weeks. Carl Gunnarsson is out for the season and probably for his Blues career, at least, as he's a UFA after the year. Nah, he's coming back one more year. Every green <laughs> contracts, baby. I see it. Um, that sucked. I mean, I, I, I think Carl Gunnarsson's one of those guys that almost by definition is going to be underappreciated. But, you know, and he missed like half of his possible games for the Blues in his eight seasons on the team, which is probably part of why it doesn't feel like he's been here for eight seasons. Mm -hmm. But he had a weird knack for like showing up in important moments and making big plays, obviously scoring the game winner in game two of the Stanley Cup final. Um and I just think he's one of those players that, like, we should have a weird appreciation for. Just a weird appreciation. Not a normal one, but mm-hmm. a weird one. Um, so, you know, it sucks to see his his Blues tenure possibly, probably in that way. Um, and then uh, <laughs> Sammy Blay was on and off the COVID watch list, which reminded me of a new, ga- new girl quote uh, that said, question, when was the last time you had mono? Tomorrow you'll say today. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know why I thought of that. but So those are the new injuries, right? Along with Schwartz, Tarasenko, Bozak, uh, Perunovich, Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, so the lines going into Saturday's tilt against the San Jose Sharks, which I didn't get to see much of. 
This I'm, was the most remember why, oh, exciting was, game of the three. With friends. I was just living a life. Um, Good for you. Yeah, people shouldn't do that. COVID, take it seriously, folks. I, I was reckless. <laughs> I wasn't. Um, but the lines... You've already gotten your fifth booster shot. That's right. right? He's just hoarding all of there's them. A, there's a reason that nobody can get it. It's because they're all in my arm. Stephen doesn't think it's... I don't think it's like an allergy an pill. Sure or just pop one every day. Claritin 19. <laughs> 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 um, the lines coming into this game, Cairo O'Reilly Perron seems like an NHL first mm-hmm. line. Uh, Sanford Shen Hoffman seems like an NHL third line. <laughs> Clifford Sunquist McCarkin McEachern seems like an NHL fourth line, and Pagansky Delarose Jake Wallman seems like a fever dream from some <laughs> nightmares I've had. Yeah, that fourth one of line. those people isn't a forward, and one of them is Jacob Delarose. <laughs> I was like that fourth line is just like held together by paper mache like that's yeah. just a made up pe- <laughs> just made up people that are gonna play i would love to look up the ice time five like minutes. five minutes if tops that. yeah is that uh krug falk gunnerson scandela i don't like that mm. and dun bortuzzo uh evander kane um was uh the first scorer in this game uh, which is good. He needs a break in life. Um, Zach Samford. He had a rough game. He scored in this game, but he still had a rough game. Uh, got the puck poked off his stick by Kevin LeBanc. The puck went to Kane, and he wristed it by Bennington. Uh, Logan took Logan Logan and then scored. Uh, why don't you walk us he's, through this he's one? He's the captain. Uh, I can't speak. The, they're active boards at uh, Enterprise. Oh, they always talk about this anytime a puck makes weird bounce anywhere, as if these places have always been known to have these. Is that these. a thing, really, though? I'm sure Darren Pang would tell you. He'd tell oh, you Detroit. Darren Pang will yeah. tell me a lot of things. Detroit has those active boards, or at least they used to at the Joe Louis Arena. Uh, Yeah, Bennington puts the puck off the boards behind the net, trying to pass it to Gunnarsson, but the puck took a weird bounce off the boards and is now out of the reach of Gunnarsson. LeBanc, the aforementioned Kevin LeBanc, collects the puck, gets a quick pass off to the slot, and Kutcher shovels it past Bennington. It's a quick quick, uh, turn of events. It sucks. It's... It's no one's fault. I guess it's Bennington's fault for bouncing it off the boards, but really you'd expect it to roll around before having this weird pop out to uh, LeBanc as it did. But mm-hmm. it's unfortunate, but this whole game's unfortunate, really. Yeah, this whole game sucked. Um, and then it didn't <laughs> Until suck, it and did, then it but then sucked it did, even yeah. more. Uh, Rudolph Balsares, who is a player that I have two identical autograph hockey cards of, because my luck is just that good. <laughs> um, O'Reilly won the faceoff, uh, um, or Meyer pushed the puck behind O'Reilly, depending on who you it, ask. It looked a little like Meyer might have won it, but uh, in the NHL 20 thing where you poke it between their legs uh, and win the puck behind them. Yeah, yeah. Tomas Hurdle got to the puck along the boards first, and he gets a pass to Balsares in the slot, who one-times it for a goal. Vince Dunn puck-watching and not covering Balsares. Not a surprise. Hmm. I am fine with trading Vince Dunn now. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. I like them, but make me make other people like you. Make, make me, me like you more. Yeah, make me not have to defend you. Imagine Vince. Dragons song, but don't sing Imagine Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, you know, the one about Make Me a Believer. You've heard it. Yeah, there's, uh, there's only every, one. <laughs> everybody's heard it. Shin scored his ninth of the season. Uh, we cycled the puck. It worked. Hoffman in the right circle. Kyrie below the goal line. Shin in the slot. Back of the net. Easy as that's pie. That's a pretty play. Yeah. They haven't done it since. But no, it's a pretty play. Not. They haven't scored since. Hoffman, Kyrou, uh on the assist 7 and 9, respectively. Patrick Marlowe scores his first goal of the season. He is not aging like a fine Marlowe or fine Merlot. He sucks. And Evander Kane gets an assist here. Uh, Dunn puts the puck around the boards. Bortuzzo misses it, lets it roll to Kane. Kane passes the puck to the slot, and Marlowe buries the puck in the empty net behind. Who was supposed to be covering Marlowe on that play? That'd, that'd, that'd be Vince Dunn. I'm trying to defend you, Vince. I'm not really <laughs> not defending really, you at all, but hard, I'm just but... uh, be better. Zach Sanford gets a back, uh, gets a goal. He tips his uh, Tori Krug shot into the net, and you're like, "Hey, the Blues, uh, maybe." Uh, then Ryan O'Reilly scores a goal <laughs> with five minutes left in the second, and that feels real good. Zach yeah. uh, Mike Hoffman freezes everyone when he has the puck in the slot. Uh, you'd think he's going to shoot it because he's Mike Hoffman. Then he no-look passes to O'Reilly, and the uh, puck was almost below the goal line. O'Reilly one-timed the puck from a severe angle. Severe. Oh, severe. And gets it passed to uh, Devin Dubnik. That's one of those drills he runs where he's on, like, a balance ball and, like, juggling two pucks with, like, mini sticks or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's what allows him to do that. And then uh, Jordan Kyrou scored before the end of the period. And it's that one uh, that's the type of goal that he scores, you just, know? It's always a two-on-one, and he doesn't pass it, and he shoots it, and it goes in. Yeah. I feel like he's done this uh, seven times. Now, yeah. yeah, it seems to be it seems to be working. His wrister is quick or deceptive or something, because or people just don't have a book on him quite yet or where he's going. But man, he's he can shoot the puck much better than I ever thought he could. Four. Sure. That's a tie game, baby. That's a tie game, and uh, how'd that work out for us? Yeah, Logan Couture scores again, unassisted, uh, with 11 minutes, or 11 minutes, 51 seconds into the third. Uh, and you would think that the Blues will not stand for this after coming back from a 4-1 deficit, and they have they definitely stood, stood for that. Very much. They didn't do much. Uh, and lost the game 5-4, to 32-27 on the shots. Uh, Blues had the severe... Uh, disadvantage and high danger chances at even strength and um, Corsi 4 percentage though at even strength was dead even expected goals pretty pretty close well 60-40 Sharks <sighs> not good I think this was a, this wasn't we're going to get into this a lot I guess there's no point in delaying it injuries are obviously this team's biggest problem mm-hmm. but they're not this team's only problem and it feels like there's the players that are there, even the players that are there that should be good, the Vince Dunn's of the world, the mm-hmm. Zach Samfords, those people are fully established NHL players. They're mm-hmm. not like kids who are trying to figure it out. Um, they're not doing enough, you know? The Blues have way too many turnovers that led directly to goals in this game, and that's how you lose games. But they are missing seven regulars from the lineup, so how mad can you be? I can be pretty mad, to be <laughs> fair. Um, how, what? Yeah, what did you take away from this game? You saw more of it than I did. 
I mean, it's the third period was pretty much it for me, where it's like I thought they were done. Obviously, when it's four one, uh-huh. they come back, they tie it. You're like, oh baby, here comes Roar Bacon again. <laughs> Remember Roar Bacon? Remember then that was the oh, pinnacle yeah. of the blues. Oh, yeah. Who I'm glad we've moved by it. Um, and Piggy Smalls, they brought Piggy Smalls into the locker room. Ah, oh, oh, David Backus, hilarious. But yeah, they, you get to the third period and. They, I mean, their Corsi was lower than the Sharks in the third period. They got outshot in the third period. It's like, you, I get that it was tied up until 11 minutes in, you know, halfway through the period. But still, like, to come out after making such a comeback, I get that they take time off in the, you know, in between in the intermission. I know the Sharks are unhappy that they've allowed it to be tied up. But you know what happens sometimes with the Blues? The Blues get some a team that comes back on them and you go, here comes the Blues, they need to defend. And they don't. They get they get run over. And I was like, how yeah. come we can't do the running over? Maybe it's the injuries. But it's just, it was annoying to watch us come out in the third. And I was like, this should be the period that we like drive a stake into their heart because we did all the coming back. We have the, you know, the foot on the gas. And we just looked pretty lifeless for a tie a tie game 4-4 in the third period. The Blues, I don't remember a single game this season, fully healthy or not, that the Blues had finishing power. Um, it just feels like they get a one-goal lead and that's all they want. They tie a game. They don't want to take the lead. Um, they don't put teams away. And you're right. A lot of times against us, we have a team even this even the game late and we come out and it's like okay third period fresh slate we're even and then it's like the other team scores two goals and it's like oh so this is over. <laughs> so they um, came back yeah <laughs> and like i just don't feel like the blues do that and and that's a thing that like injuries aren't an excuse for necessarily you know the, um, the thing it is too with injuries that you'll find a lot of the time as long as you have some depth and i feel like we do mm-hmm. i mean maybe not seven injuries worth of depth but, de- does, but yeah but some but depth enough players. like you said like if you like sammy blay if you think he's a top nine player and you think zach sanford's a top nine player then they need to be serviceable in the top six role yeah. i get your down two guys you'd play up and down the top six you know your top six lineup there when barbashev and bozak top but... six in the stanley yeah. cup final <laughs> so like he should be all right there you know yeah to me this is so this should be pretty good evidence that like zach sanford sammy blay whoever else like just isn't cut for like a top six role on a and, very good team yeah and like it's whenever we try and plug that that second line hole with like hey we'll put one of those guys up there they've they've proven that they can be really good in the preseason mm. or you know zach sanford had a pretty good season last year but it's like he's just inconsistent so basically this has shown me like are you gonna step up are you gonna look good now are you gonna you know grant it's next man up i you love hearing that all the time when there's injuries <laughs> in hockey it's next man up mentality love hearing it yeah. what i was gonna say is like when you're injured and you bring all these players in from i guess our taxi squad now but the ahl and stuff it's these guys that want to prove something they're a little bit more physical and you start to play um very old style blues hockey where it's like you know what we're just gonna grind them we're just gonna hit them hard we're gonna get them to turn the puck over we're not gonna do anything fancy we're just gonna funnel pucks to the net we're gonna be just a hard-nosed team because we don't have the skill to beat this other team and that's fine that's a very good strategy when seven of your regulars are out but they don't seem to be doing that either 
They just look like if you're going to lose because you're injured, like show me that you're trying or show me that, man, they put a huge amount of effort out there. And of course they can't win. They don't have Tarasenko and Schwartz and Thomas and Bozak and Barbashev and Pareko and all these people. That makes sense. But I'm not seeing the effort there. So mm-hmm. I can't give you the full benefit of the doubt with these injuries. You know what I mean? And the problem, the other problem I have um, is this team, This is we're facing the Sharks and the Kings. Granted, the Kings are red hot right mm-hmm. now and came into our series hot. And they are obviously finally on the upswing of their rebuild. But even with that said, these are not good teams. Mm-hmm. And shorthanded, if if we were playing the the Knights and the Avs right now, what are you gonna do? Like if you're against mm-hmm. a healthy Avs roster with literally half of your forwards gone, then fine. I have all the sympathy in the world for you. Just don't embarrass yourselves, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, but um. Yeah, it's just like, these are teams, and we haven't played the Ducks yet in this stretch, but like half of the Blues is all of the Ducks, you know? <laughs> like, any half of the Blues roster should be competitive with the Ducks. Um, and uh, I think it's it's something to start being worried about. We'll talk a little more towards the end about places in the standings and stuff like that, but... You know, this uh, Kings game, I don't even know how much detail we want to go into it. Um, but, you know, Sammy Boy returned to the lineup uh, Monday night. He didn't have COVID. COVID Bozak began skating, which is really good. But then uh, apparently he hasn't skated as much since then. And it's uh, like, oh, so man. man, the awkward fall really did it in for yeah, him. The awkward fall. fall. We need to look into that awkward yeah, fall. That's crazy how somebody hits you in the head and then when your head hits the ice, that's what really hurts you. you awkward know? looking. God, <laughs> fuck this league. I don't even like, I don't even really care. But like, come on, guys. You couldn't fine him. You couldn't give Mark That's Stone what I mean. You couldn't do any of that. Fine. They're just like, no, that was fine for uh, us. Yeah, exactly. Um, the Kings were on a four-game winning streak. Uh, we wore our uh, reverse retros for the second. Have they, and have they last grown on time. you? Yeah, first of all, I love them. They're terrible, but I love them. I feel like I've seen Toronto wear their reverse retros like every other day, uh, almost. And yeah. then it's a weird schedule that some Don't teams. Don't we also have just the regular red and blues like the last season? Yeah, we're still supposed we're to wear supposed those to wear. at some point. So maybe that's why we're not wearing these as much. But uh, it's weird to me. You would think maybe the NHL would have mandated like, yo. We have this deal with an Adidas. You have to wear these like four times the season. Yeah, two is too few. Two feels kind of weird. I was to like, quote, where? To quote Three Dog from Fallout, two is too low. <laughs> four is too few. Just right out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, they could have worn these like once a month, I think. I like them. I think they're kind of sharp and weird looking. They don't have to wear them after the season at all. But I'm like, yeah, neat. Yeah. Again, I would have really liked. It bums me out. Like, we were just watching Vancouver play Edmonton, and they both were wearing the reverse retros. Uh-huh. And I've seen Toronto do it against um, Ottawa and things like that. It's like, please, 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 why couldn't we have had 
games you against. Played the Coyotes nineteen times yeah. in a row. You couldn't have worn those. Come at the same on, time. just to get make it fresh, yeah. and then against Woo! the Kings it too. It would have been fresh too. The ice would have melted. <laughs> I know. I really wanted to see those red jerseys against those purple jerseys. Oh, just yeah. ruin people's eyes. Yeah. Like it would have been great. Uh, oh, the so NFL used to do that with the color rush. Yeah. The, blue, the Rams last game ever as the St. Louis Rams was the ketchup and mustard bowl. It was great. I was there. It was terrible. I loved it. Um, <laughs> the Kings beat us badly, three to nothing. Um, shut out by Cal Peterson. Right? It wasn't quick. I think this was quick. Oh, quick was okay. Peterson was the second one. Yeah. Okay, I had just assumed, but um, they could have done either one. Obviously, it didn't Gab- matter. Gabriel Villardi scored uh, seventeen minutes in. Um, there was a re- rebound in front of Bennington. Um, and Velarde is the one that whacked it in. <laughs> There's like five people whacking this puck, and then eventually it just goes in and he puts his hands up like, you're the winner. You did it. <laughs> uh, Dustin Brown can count to potato. He scores all three of these goals very late in the period, uh, 18 minutes into the second. goal was second. pretty. And I was like, wow, I forgot Dustin Brown can play hockey. Zach Sanford didn't play a role in this one, no, did he? I mean, he most certainly did. Uh, I, I don't even really, I watch it over and over again, and it's this really quick <laughs> pass, and I'm like, did someone knock it off your stick, or did you intend to just throw it to nobody? Yeah, well, Dustin Brown picked it up, and did some dipsy doodles on Braden Shen, which he shouldn't know how to do, and scored a goal and then got the empty netter at the end and it was a 3 to nothing shutout. Uh, shots are even. High danger chances, 6-9 to nine for the Blues, are the 6. Uh, Corsi 4, very even at even strength. Uh, goals, expected goals pretty even, but the Blues just didn't finish here. And this one feels more like the screw job of not having six of your top forwards, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't score goals when you don't have goal scorers. But then again, where's Zach Sanford? How many goals does Zach Sanford have this year? Uh, Old 25-goal potential Zach Sanford. He has three. Ugh. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> um, yeah, I just... I don't. I guess. I guess we read some of these quotes. Um, the Blues generated very, very little offense in the first and second, mm-hmm. and they turned up in the third period. It was too little, too late, and then they couldn't even score under those circumstances. Mm-hmm. They're one and three in their last four games. The win was in overtime. They've not scored five on five in three of their last four games. Second time uh, was a uh, was this was the second shutout in their last four games, and they have a four five and two record at home. Which granted. Not really at home when there's 1,400 fans, but you're still at home. You're still sleeping in your own bed. Uh, Gunnarsson is out for the season after this one, which you correctly predicted. Braden Shen says, right now, obviously, wins aren't easy to come by. This is when we have to dig in as a group and find chemistry with guys in the lineup and ultimately do whatever it takes next game to grab two points. Spoiler alert, you did not. Um, (laughs) Whatever it takes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Too many Imagine I don't Dragons like it, yeah. references. I don't like it. Imagine something else. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Rutherford quotes Craig Berube as saying, We didn't create enough offensively. It seems like we're a little bit in and out with that. Uh, mostly out. There's games <laughs> when we create quite a bit and score, and there's games when we don't. For me, it's more consistency than anything, and it seems to be at home more than on the road. O'Reilly said... Uh, something, something that happens playing tight. You do the video, you see it, it's discouraging. Uh, but we have just to get back. 
We just have to get back to the competitiveness. You can tell there's a little fatigue now and we're a little banged up, but we have to get back and try to outcompete. And then Baruby on trust. We talk about it all the time. We got a lot of new players. You had got to find chemistry and you got to trust each other. That's the only way to get out of this uh, by working as a team. That's the stuff we talk about all the time and we'll continue to do that. Um, I'm tired. I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> tired of Craig Berube post-game quotes. I don't know. I, I'm not on this fire Berube train whether or not it really exists or whether we're fake. just talking about other people talking about it, which mm -hmm. we did with Jake Allen for years. There weren't nearly as many Jake Allen haters as there were people who hated Jake Allen haters. I know for a fact because I watched all of you people do it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm... Don't... Don't, don't give me platitudes, man. I, yeah. Fix some. And again, it's it's so hard because I feel like you're daggering a team that's shorthanded. But you've still brought a... Nobody in this game had never played an NHL game before, you know? Mm -hmm. You're not... It, it, Austin Pagansky is on the roster, obviously. Jake Wallman. That's your bottom line. But they're your bottom line. They're playing six, eight minutes a game anyway. Um no, you're not dragging guys out of mothballs. Um, the the likes of like Nathan Walker and Sam Annis are joining the team soon and may get <laughs> starts, you know, but they weren't there yet. Uh, I don't know. It just rings a little hollow to me when you get shut out by the freaking Kings, even if they are a red hot team. Uh, and then the second, this next game looked like an upcoming shutout, um, but but wasn't. Uh, Blues, Blay O'Reilly, Perron on the top line, Hoffman, Shin, Cairo uh, on the second line, Sanford, Sunquist, Pagansky, Clifford, Delarose, McEachern. I know that's not good. <laughs> but that's... Something. A, that's a competitive with a lot of average NHL teams, you know? Um, Blay being on your top line, obviously not ideal, but he's been, he's had He's done that there. before. I mean, he's played with these guys before. He's played with O'Reilly and Perron yeah. specifically. So as much as we are shorthanded, we were a really good team, supposedly, and had a lot more wiggle room than most would if they lost six people. Um, cool thing about this was that, uh, Jake, Jay Kelly, John Kelly and Darren Pang were bringing the national commentary for NBC Sports, which was weird because, you know, A, they had to tone down the homerism, obviously, but also John Kelly would throw to Liam McKeon oh, and it just screamed really with my brain. Every time he was like, and now we'll go to Liam in the studio, I'm like, excuse me, what? Even when he said it, and, he seemed kind of like, oh, yeah, that's Scott Warman. And, and Liam was even like, thanks, John. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't know who that is. Yeah, you, you don't two have never is. spoken in your that's life. Right. <laughs> Um, Jeremy tweeted before the game, if you're looking for the game on TV, tune in on NBC Sportsnet and hear Jay Kelly Hockey and Panger40 who are bringing you the game with their local crew tonight. Also recommend listening to Chris Kerver and Joey Vitale on 101 ESPN. Always great entertainment. Enough of your politicking, Jeremy. Pick a side. He's such a you like liker. radio, you like TV, you like Panger, or you like Joey. Make a decision, you lily-livered fuck. <laughs> Uh, you know, big fan of the podcast. Big yeah. fan. Please come on, Jeremy. If you're listening, just anytime, anytime you want to join, leave a leave a roasting review oh, for us, please, please Jeremy. Uh, sign it, you know, so that we know it's you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Blues 
not good. Couldn't get out of there on zone a lot in the first. Couldn't find a pass. Alexia Follow scores. Hot dog. <laughs> and it kind of felt like that. It's like, okay, so we lose at least one to nothing. Um, Brown assisted. Brown skated in on the on the wing and shot a puck right off Bennington's pads. Both Ayafalo and Justin Fox swung at it. The scorekeeper generously gave the goal to Ayafalo. It looked an awful lot like Justin Fox's stick made the contact <laughs> and that it should have been Dustin Brown's goal off Justin Fox, but who am I to judge? Um, the fact that that puck went right off of Jordan Bennington's pads to a goal scorer that knocked it into the net. Seems like a good time to mention that after the game, Jeremy Rutherford tweeted that the Blues had no rebounds created and no rebound shot attempts at 5-on-5 tonight. So that's a problem whether you're healthy or not, you know? And maybe Cal Peterson's just a god at controlling rebounds. His helmet... His mask is awesome. Yes, I love his sick. mask. Very nice. Andreas Athanasiu, uh, sadly the more impressive player of Greek heritage this in this game. This is what he game. looks like? Yeah. He's very Greek. Yeah. Um, yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is. Which is great, which is fine. Wagner and McDermid. I hate sure. how it's spelled. McDermid? <laughs> also, if he's Canadian, it's probably Magdermid, because apparently it's McGinnis, you know? So. Oh. These people, these people up there, they can speak English any which way, and they cannot. Wagner skates in on Justin Falk, who I gotta tell you, looking an awful more like lot like last year's Justin. Uh Oh, we're not we're not converting the basement into an in-home gym just yet, folks. We gotta keep his room open because the bill collectors are calling and they're bringing clubs. We might have to rehabilitate his knees. That's the last thing anybody on the Blues needs right now. Uh, and uh, he dropped it back under Fox stick. It was a stupid, embarrassing play. Athens to see you then sniped it home past Bennington. Yuck! Um, Bennington looked too far out, and the puck squeezed under his arm. But what you gonna do in that ridiculous play where the shot should never have happened? Third period, Scandella took a fuck to the face, so we've got a new injury. I haven't heard updating on this. He did leave the ice bleeding more than Shawn Michaels in a cage match. I'm just kidding. Nobody bleeds more than Shawn Michaels in a cage match, but he was bleeding a lot, um, which was gross. You were asleep by this point, or in bed at least. Yeah. Watching The Bachelor, probably, or Bake Off or something. I did Um, finish The Bachelor last night. I mean, didn't finish it. Finished the episode. Very very controversial season. He sent sent the Toronto lady home. He's down to three women now. Well, he didn't send her home. She just wasn't really feeling it, and he felt really sad about that. Oh, maybe we could have, they played hockey we could have together. A lot of issues if, he, if the Toronto woman had stayed on. You know, have yeah. you heard about all that? Crazy. Um, you, you don't know what I'm talking about. The rampant racism. Yeah. Okay, oh yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. I say it all the time whenever he likes the racist lady, yeah. and then my girlfriend's gonna tell me she's not racist. It was just a thing where she went to some party, and I was like, "Sounds racist to me." <laughs> Going to parties, pretty racist. Uh, we don't want to offend any of our viewers with our scorching hot bachelor takes. So you know, well, he's gonna end up with the well, racist. It's yeah, unfortunate. Oh, for sure. That's how they botched the uh, first black the bachelor. Blue- <laughs> I'll be honest. So he's got this. He's got this white. He's got this white chick, and then he's got these these two black women that are I think are like of mixed race or uh-huh. whatever. And I'm like, you wouldn't want to go full. Of course, and 
ABC has has a viewership, and if you went a fully black bachelor, that'd be too much for them in 2021. Um, I, nothing against this this white lady, but she could have been on any bachelor, and she would have won because mm-hmm. she's just a she's very safe. She yeah, she's extremely safe. She'd win. She's would win the bachelor any season. Yeah, and so she's gonna win this one. I'm like, no, <laughs> you can't just have the black bachelor too. Can I just say I don't really know the details of what she did, but I like how the undercurrent of all of this is that it's 2021. There have been 40 flipping seasons of this show, yep. and this is the first one with a black lead, and somehow that's not the racism headline. No. So, uh, you know, They've been... we're just fine with the fact that there'd never been a black bachelor or bachelorette, right? No, there's been, so that's the weird, that's oh, the weird thing. Oh, there several black There's been at least one. There's been at least two. Oh. Um, the last one was, but she was the replacement bachelorette after that oh, lady left. Okay. After a white person. <laughs> <laughs> and that, but she, but she picked the black guy. But they broke up. Oh. You know why? Because that chick is crazy. <laughs> Tell me more. Her yeah. eyes are nuts. Because if you talk nuts. about this, we don't have to talk about the boys. Yeah. So please tell me. Her more. eyes were nuts. Oh, she had those runaway bride eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look up, look up, uh, Claire Crawley. Claire Crawley. All right. Oh boy, just scary looking. I'm sorry. Um, that's a white person. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the first Bachelorette last season, and then she left after four oh, episodes because she just said, "This is the guy I like," and they left together. She's, and she was replaced with the black lady. She's given way too much side eye. She's. I like I, it. She had a lot of energy, just like a lot of like, "I'm here. I'm. I'm proud, and I'm. I'm." Here is the Bachelorette, and ain't no one gonna take me down. And I like this guy, and we're leaving. Oh. Um, it wasn't great. Well, Matt James, very handsome. Yeah, he's also he's looks nice. looks like that Bridgerton guy. And the reason I know that is because I saw the SNL previews, and I was like, they're having the Bachelor host SNL, <laughs> and then I figured it out. Um, both very handsome, mm-hmm. you know. So. Guess we gotta get back to the shit. <laughs> so but. Marco Scandella left. Her Blues maintained puck possession for 336 on a delayed penalty in the third period, and people were very impressed. And I've got to say, on the one hand, yes, hooray, you had a historically long amount of puck possession before a delayed penalty got whistled, which I feel like I remember the Blues doing before. But on the other hand, how in holy hell do you possess the puck for, I did the math on this, 216 seconds? And not score a mother flipping goal. <laughs> Ian, how do you? How? How? Did how they get? A, did that? they register shots? Perhaps. I hope. I what? I was. It was on, and I wasn't paying. I was out doing the trash. But That's we. What I was but doing. we got no rebounds. We had no rebound no, chances. Not the whole game. Oh, but that was, but is that? But that's not five on five. We pulled the guy, uh, right? Okay. Okay. No, it's weird though. That's even strength though. That's the weird, like, yeah. five on, not five on five, but even strength. F-Y-N-E. That's a community reference you don't get. Somebody will. Jeff, Jeff, you get it. You know what I'm talking about. Um, 
Oscar Sundquist did finally score 18-14. This team is very good at too little, too late, six on five they love attacks. It. They love it. And they look like they might do it. It was an insane pass from Perron at the point. O'Reilly handled it. Pedersen got over to that angle, but then he got it back to center, and Sundquist is there to knock it home. Didn't look pretty. Um, the Blues looked urgent on six on five, but not urgent enough. And uh, they could not score the equalizing goal, losing 2-1. to one. Um, As I tweeted here, uh, if I'm searching for something positive, the Blues look much better at urgency this season than I can remember them looking before. On the other hand, maybe if you don't leave a two-goal deficit against the Kings till the final 90 seconds, you won't need to look so urgent. Um, Man, their Corsi 4 sucked this game. Oh yeah, real bad, real bad. 36% at even strength. Uh, just not a good team at even strength. Six on two, uh, high danger chances, way less expected goals. And guess what? Also not good uh, on the power play this year in general. Although the all strength numbers, because there were uh, 14 minutes of non-even strength time, the Blues looked much better. Uh, their Corsi 4 percentage was better. Um, expected goals advantage. I will, I will give the Blues a slight amount of credit in that the Kings did seem to be running like a trap defense in the neutral zone, trap, which is so trap, trap. annoying. Yeah. Um, but I get it. That's allowed. And that's a fine <laughs> defense to run. So find a way to beat that, I guess. Yeah. Next time blues, you get them next time. Ruby says there's no magic potion to get out of it. Yawn. You've got to go out and you've got to win close games. Yawn. We've got to keep working and got to stay positive with everything. Yawn. We're going through some adversity right now. Yawn. It's going to make us a better team down the road. No, it's not. I will That's say. That's a lie. I will <laughs> say after we lost to the Sharks, I think, or maybe uh, it was the, or maybe it was the first Kings game. I tweeted that out. I was like, you know what? The one positive thing is maybe the Blues are currently going through the sucky stretch of the cup run. You got to go through a sucky stretch, at least according to the Blues. At least according to the one time we've done it. I was like, okay, I'm on board. Not really, but I'm on board. That's the only positive take I can take away from I saw somebody tweet something like, I'm tired of cheerleader Baruby which might have been Lou Korak retweeting him to publicly torch him, which, by the way, Lou, if you're listening, cut it out, man. You're a professional goddamn reporter. Stop retweeting people from your mentions to make points. I don't, I don't get that. I know he's not listening. That's why I'm saying I don't this. think he's a Twitter person. Like, he's on Twitter, but I'm like, I don't think this is for you, buddy, if yeah. you're going to take all these things so damn he, seriously. He heats up his own we, comments, he, and it's like, come on, man, don't be reading that. That's that's rule one, baby. Yeah, just post, baby. If just you, write if stuff. If you have over 5,000 followers, rule one is do not read the comments, you know? <laughs> um, Baruby on the power play, yeah, it's tough. We obviously haven't scored on the power play. I think tonight they did some good things, but in the end, it's about results, and, you know, we've got to get results. Uh, it wears on everybody. It takes away the skill players' composure and relaxation when they're playing. We did a lot of good things. We're obviously having trouble scoring goals. Uh, it's not like we're not creating opportunities. I thought our team worked hard tonight. Yeah, I think they're not creating opportunities. <laughs> Riley on the power play said, "We've got to get in the. We go out. 
with the mindset we're going to score and we aren't right now. Maybe go out with the mindset that you should score and it's not a guarantee. Uh, it falls on myself. I have to find a way to make plays. Oh, this guy's going to that place. Oh, place. no. Don't, <laughs> don't go there. Don't go there. Come on, man. Uh, guys, Come on, Ryan. Guys making the big bucks. We have to be creative. It's disappointing. We have to be better. It's got to change. Or... I'm going to lose. Oh, <laughs> no. Don't do it, Ryan. Man, don't do it. I, we'll ship your ass right back to Buffalo. <laughs> I love to believe that that's his little like thing he toys from people. Man, I don't know. I don't <laughs> like, know. I'm just not feeling like I even want to play hockey yeah. today. I'm like, oh, shit, Ryan. No, 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 no. Like, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> and then Tori Krug, this is a Korak quote. So good work, Lou. Uh, <laughs> I were very suck it, Lou. Man, that's a great reporter. Uh, look, it's frustrating. We're not getting rewarded for some of the work that we're doing, but we can do a little bit more and get some puck luck. Uh, puck luck is not the solution this team needs. You were never even coached by uh, Ken Hitchcock, so what would you know about puck luck? Or no, who was Lin- the puck Lindy luck? Ruff remembers Lindy puck Ruff, luck. That's the guy. Puck luck. I knew it was a former Stars coach. I just couldn't remember which one. Which old white oh, former <laughs> Stars coach is it? That's the only option. Well, there's an old white current Stars coach. See, there's so many. Maybe Jim Montgomery passed it. Ooh, there it is. It was it was a remnant in the Dallas Stars organization that Jim Montgomery picked up, uh, and then he brought it to our organization. And Tory Krug said, "We've got to earn it right now," but you're not. So. I know. Uh, um, Verubi did say there's a possibility it could maybe a couple of guys could return on the upcoming trip. I think uh, Schwartz has to be pretty close. I was like, like who? Craig? Um, I don't know who else. Tarasenko. We're getting there. I yeah, would think he's skating a lot. That's the one thing though, too, is like I'm sure when Schwartz comes back, it's like a game or two to get back in the groove of oh, things. Sure. He hasn't been out that long. But with guys like Tarasenko, I'll be more than happy when he's back. But People talk about it like, and now he's here. And it's like, yeah, and but he's, he's going to need like five, six, seven games to actually like be back at a speed. This dude has not played, I mean, and what, he played a little bit in the playoffs? He hasn't played like consecutive games of hockey in like a year, year and a half, more than that. It's like crazy. He's going to need a little bit of time. Here's some good news for Blues fans. Oh, no. uh, we don't have a game that starts before 8 p.m. Oh, yeah. until March 12th. <laughs> I'm going to bed. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's going to be a long, hard month, folks. We might have the game on Saturday, or we might not. Apparently, it's still on, but they're like, we got to see if the Sharks have COVID. We're figuring it out. Oh, boy. They're just going to make us play the fucking (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we thought about it. Maybe you should just divert down to Arizona. Like, no, I'm not staying there again. I will never. We'll never go back. Um... Connor Garland, more like Judy Garland. Get out of here. <laughs> Who know. even needs Taylor Hall? Um, it's uh, it's rough times for the Blues it's right nothing now. But Money pain. Puck tweeted out their daily playoff odds. Going well, but that's not recent. That's going into Sunday. Uh, we've fallen since then. Oh, let's see if we got the moneypuck.com. Let's see if they got the, the things. And the sponsor. Sponsor of this podcast, moneypuck.com. Yeah, I wish. .com. Moneypuck.com. Go see them. They need your money to improve they the website. They have given the blues. <laughs> Is it poultry? <laughs> A 23.2% chance to make the playoffs right now. So sad. And a 0.9% chance of winning the cup. 
Seems fair. Toronto has an 8.1% chance. What the fuck is your people's problems? These calculations aren't right. <laughs> These are trash. The only team higher than Toronto is the Edmonton Oilers? No. 23 points. Listen, I, I trust these rankings a lot. These rankings were the only thing that gave the Blues hope the year that they shouldn't have had hope. Is this moneypuck.com or is this moneypuck.ca? Com. Oh. Uh, but yeah, with those little hyper numbers Freedom up top. Com. Uh, you wouldn't believe it. Um, it's bad, and I think I think the problem is we've got a lot of injuries, but we have to win games right now because, as we've talked about before, you can look at the standings and we're second, but in points percentage, we're sixth, and we've got get, every team in our division has or had games and hands on us last night. Um, this team is. Playing a lot of crappy teams right now, and that means they're playing a lot of good teams um, that uh, next season and, or not next season, next month, at the end of next month and going into April, we're playing the Kings and, or the Knights and, and uh, Avalanche and Wild, Wild a lot. Um, you can't go into that period with like very few points, you know, <laughs> so... Uh, I think I think the Blues have to be serious about if this isn't their year, even if it's not their year because of injury, mm-hmm. they still got to make some decisions. They need to know now if they want Jaden Schwartz long-term or not because that dude cannot walk the year after Alex Petrangelo walks for nothing. Um, I think they're going to sign him. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. they probably will. I'm not sure I want it, but I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. Mike Hoffman, if you're not a playoff team, you obviously trade him. I was like, yeah, get some, get something back, baby. Or whatever. Um, you know, we don't have other UFAs. You're obviously not trading Bennington. Um, but you know, I think, I think you got to kind of decide in the next couple weeks here because the trade deadline's approaching fast. When is that? I think it's the end of March. Deadline 2021. Uh, already oh, April 12th. Never mind. So it's way later. Um, but you know, I if you're gonna if you're if you're hell bent on competing, then you should go out and get a body or two on a cheap trade or on waivers right now. Um, and if you're not, then you should make decisions that uh, reinforce that and prepare for your future. But you know, I just, I think as much as it's tempting and as much as it might be fair to say, hey, they're devastated by injuries, let's cut them some slack. Mm-hmm. This season doesn't give you the time to cut people slack for anything, you know? And uh, I think it's just kind of a put up or shut up situation right now. Yeah, it's annoying because I feel like people are going to rate the season off when there's injuries and just go, ah, what can, what can you take away? Not much, you know, move on to next season and we'll just try it again with the same focus. And it's like, man, I feel like, like, there are some things you can take away. We kind of talked about some of the guys that needed to step up to the top six not really doing so. And yeah. it's like you you can make those decisions even with the injuries in place. In fact, they make them kind of easier to make. Um, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm done with Zach Sanford. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not the, on the, like, you have to trade him right now. Yeah, he's not, ru- his value's low. he's not ruining your team. But it's like, just that I don't think he's I'm adding your team. I'm certainly done thinking, oh, he might be a 25-goal scorer sometime, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, he might be if he plays for a really bad team and is on their top line and they have no other goal When he plays scores. for Omsk. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, Sammy Blay, I'm not quite as vitriolic about him, but I'm not 
care. Mm-hmm. I have I have nothing. Sammy boy. Um and uh Vince Dunn, I love Vince Dunn, one of my favorite blues, but pick it up, man. Get better. You gotta be better. You gotta do more, because right now it looks like you're just boogie boarding. <laughs> um <laughs> And, you know, Jordan Bennington, I think, has looked really good overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, looked kind of shaky in that Sharks game. But he's got no goal support. No goalie can be real confident when they feel like one or two mistakes is the end of their mm-hmm. game, you know? That's the thing. Is like I thought he was shaky in the Sharks game, but, like, he wasn't. It wasn't, I don't know, he was like normal shaky. One, some goals just get, some goalies you, or days you just get scored on. One thing I feel like you should do for sure, weirdly, if the season gets away from you, is start Billy Huso a lot more. Yeah. I feel like you know what Jordan Bennington is, and you know you're either going to pay him or he's going to walk. Um, and I think you really need to know if Billy Huso is a, a backup that you can go to next year, or make your backup, or if you need to find another partner for Bennington. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm not all of that said. I'm not like giving up on this season, but I do think we're in a situation where we need to turn around pretty quickly. Because if we lose the next couple and say, "Well, it's injuries," what are you going to do? It's like, yeah, it was injuries, but now your season's done. <laughs> you know, like the the path to, and I know people look at the inverse and say, "Well, we just got to be better." We've got to beat one of the Kings or the or the Coyotes, right? But the King, Kings don't look like a joke right now. Mm-hmm. They look pretty darn good. Um, and uh, the Coyotes certainly had our number. Uh, so it's not going to be easy. And that's all. Uh, that's, I, I don't have a lot of conclusions that I feel like we can draw beyond that. Uh, yeah, unless you have things you want to say. Yeah, but... we're back to where we started, where uh, you don't know. Well, I think we do know a little bit more what this team is. They're injury riddled, but... Um... I don't think that's as much of an excuse as some people want to make it. Yeah, I think that's for sure. I think uh, it sucks, but it's the reality that, um, you know, the timelines are tight and they just don't have the freedom to say that it's an injury and whatever. I'm really surprised they haven't gotten any of these guys off waivers that are just NHL Mm. bodies. Maybe it doesn't make sense for the cap, um, but... Uh, you know, it's just uh, a it, little... It does make me so. wonder if maybe they, they, you know, Schwartz coming back and maybe Tarasenko's really close that they just think, oh, we're not going to need that because we're having guys Could be, come sure. back pretty soon. That'd be positive. Um, but, you know, I think I think that's it for us this week, unless you have something you really want to say. Um, uh, you know, don't be, don't be a racist bachelor <laughs> contestant. Alex Petrangelo only has six points and has a minus two in 13 games. Yeah, he sucks. Did you see the little clip of him getting like walked by McKinnon and the McKinnon oh, scoring? Yeah, just going. Or he goes, what's he say? I forget what he gets mic'd up. He's like, oh boy, or something like that. And he gets scored on and I was like, oh, Petro. I'm not even, I don't even dislike you. I no. thought you were a great player, but it's just funny to watch. Oh, let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, but, uh, oh, we have, we do have one thing to mm. say one more before we go. Mc, McKinnon and Petrangelo. Oh, let's see. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sh- <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Uh, 
the long-awaited return, folks, of Tweet of the Week. I oh, know people man. have been we, clamoring We resurrected for this it, baby. The segment. We're bringing back a segment every week, and this week it's Tweet of the Week. I had to give shout-out to Brian Burke at Berkey2020, who, despite moving back from broadcast to an NHL front office, has maintained his Twitter account, if for no other reason than to dagger Elliot Friedman. Uh, Elliot Friedman had to tweet, uh, Friedman claimed off waivers by the Penguins uh, because they claimed a defenseman named Mark Friedman. And Brian Burke tweeted, we made sure Mark wasn't even remotely related to Elliot before submitting the claim, <laughs> uh, which I thought was fantastic. They have a fun energy, those two. Um, so uh, that's it. I guess that's it, Blues fans. I thought, I wish, oh, wow, I've been punching He's pissed. I wish we could leave you with happier blues news. Um, but, you know, instead of that, we're going to leave you with this chill new vibe from a guy called Post Malone, an indie artist you might not have heard of, <laughs> covering a song that you probably never heard before. So For a uh, 25th anniversary of a franchise, you most certainly oh, yeah. have no, no idea about. I've never heard of the Pokemans. Um, so, you know, enjoy it. Let it soothe all your fears. Let it wash over you. It's just hockey and... You know, the Canadian team still won't win the Stanley Cup, and that's what really yeah. matters, folks. Uh, we're talking in soothing, dulcet tones mm. now. We'll bid you a sweet adieu and sweet dreams. <laughs> Smile on the inside. Make me